Reverend Barry talked about it at the beginning of the service, and we sang about the breath of life being poured into us. How many are thankful for that today? How can we not say, when we think about what the Lord has done, so I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of what he's done. It's amazing, isn't it? What Christ has done for us. And that's why today, I'm going to ask us if we would just celebrate with this time of communion. We're going to go into a time of communion now. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and be seated. In this time, in this place right now, to celebrate what the Lord has done for us. And I'm going to ask the elders and deacons to make preparation at this time. There's an important reminder in the book of John for us in talking about this breath of life. It reminds us and it says this, Jesus said, very truly I tell you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. And whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This bread, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This time of communion is so important because it's life for us. What he did at Calvary was life for you and me. All these years later, are you thankful for that today? Do you think it's worth celebrating today what our Lord has done? We invite you to be participants in our communion today. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have small children, we ask you just to keep them from partaking until they come to an understanding of what it is that they are partaking of. But today, as we take this time, the worship team is going to sing another song, and it says, Build My Life. We heard it last week, and that's exactly what we want to do, and that's what we're doing right now. We're building our life on that foundation. So listen to the words of this song, and let's celebrate the life that Christ has given us. Amen? Amen.
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Side you open up my eyes. 
Father God, we bring before you this bread right now. And Lord, we pray that our foundation will be firm because it's set on you, the life giver. Lord, and we thank you that as we remember, this is life for us. What you did at Calvary is life for us. So God, we say thank you today. Thank you for being our sacrifice. Lord, you paid a debt we could never pay. We're the ones that owe the debt. We're the ones that are full of sin. But God, we could never pay this debt. You paid it on our behalf. God, so we thank you so much for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, let's partake together. Just in your own heart and mind as the cup is being passed, just continue to talk to the Lord, commune with the Lord, and have fellowship with the Lord, because that's what this is all about. This is our time with Him. Amen.
blood. Life-giving blood. I don't know about you, but that puts a smile on my face. <laughs> what the Lord has done for us. Will you hold the cup high as we pray together? Father God, thank you. Thank you for this life-giving blood. Thank you for what it means to us, that it gives us life. Lord, you're so good. You're so merciful. Again, in paying the price for us. Lord, we offer our thanks. We offer our praise for this blessing that you've given to us. Lord, we remember it. We remember today what you have done for us. And we thank you for it. We bless you. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be sing that again and I thank the Lord for what he's done. Amen. Amen. At this time, I want to bring a few needs of some of our congregation before you. Tom Delano has been having a difficult time walking. Joanne Swan is uh, having knee replacement this week. I also want to just pray for a young man who's going through some grief. We want to remember these families who have had loss. 
Oh, also we have, excuse me, one more. Jerry and Cheryl Marino's son is in the ICU. He's only 37 years old with really high blood pressure, and his kidneys are only working at 2%. My goodness, too young. We regret to announce the passing of Leona Kenward, who passed away this past Wednesday, and her memorial service is going to be here at Bethesda this coming Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be held in, uh, she will lie in state in our chapel from 9.30 until 11, and then there will be a memorial service at 11. Also, uh, we announced the passing of Olga Tresher or Joukowsky, who passed away this past week. And it's my understanding that Olga was 100 years old. That's a full life. <laughs> the details of her memorial service are yet coming, so we just want to remember these. Also this morning, as we get pre prepared to take our offering, you know, it's customary on our communion Sundays that we also do a dollar offering, and we're going to combine these this morning, and we would just ask maybe if you dig in and grab one more dollar out of your pocket so that we can also take care of those who are going through difficult times, whether it be that they're out of job or whatever the difficulty is, that we as a church can come around them, bless them, help them through their time of need. So Father, we come to you right now with thanksgiving and praise. Again, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place today and how you're breathing your breath of life into us. And Lord, as we've been able to receive the gift that you've given us through the cross that also gives life. God, we thank you. And we pray right now for these who need a touch from you. Lord, we've mentioned, and those maybe that are represented in the congregation today, God, breathe your breath of life, we pray, into these lives. Lord, let there be markable change. Lord, for surgeries, Lord, let your favor be upon these, we pray. This 37-year-old man, God, breathe your breath of life into this body. Lord, and for those families that have suffered loss and are grieving, be their peace, Lord. Be their comfort, especially as they go through a difficult week. Lord, strengthen them. Help us as a body of believers to come around them and comfort them and help them in their time. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, and in our giving today, we ask you, Lord, that it would be blessed by your hand. Lord, as stewards of what you bless us with, may we handle it with care, handle it properly, Lord, so that we can bless your people. We can bless this community. Lord, and we thank you again, for the privilege to be able to do so. Do so. It's a form of worship to you. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are you glad? As Barry said, are you still glad to be in the house of the Lord today? <laughs> that wasn't quite as convincing as it was earlier. Are you still glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. <laughs> Ushers, you can go right ahead, and I'm, I'm going to just get going here. The title for our message today is Refocus Your Focus. 
Now, I don't know how many of you are like me, all right? I'm, I'm going to be transparent this morning, but this is me. Man, I'm sick of myself. I got to lose weight. I got to get in shape. And by the way, this is the conversation I'll be having with myself tonight. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up. I'm going to work out. And lately, I've been doing pretty good on that with Monday and do pretty good Tuesday and Wednesday. But Thursday rolls around and it's like, man, it's been a long week. You know what? I'm going to sleep in tomorrow morning and I'll work out later in the day, which usually never happens. And then guess what? It's the weekend. And if you're anywhere near the phase of life that I am in, you've probably had three graduation parties or something to hit this weekend. And, and you're like, oh man, forget it. I'll just wait till I get through this season and then I'll get on the right pathway. So you go to these parties and you, you try and pace yourself because you don't want to blow it all in the first party. So, you know, and overdo it. So you're, you're pacing yourself and you get through the day and and you get through the weekend and you get to Sunday night and you're like, man, I have no discipline. Anybody relate with what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you have the same conversation in your head starting tomorrow. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe it's not weekly. Maybe it's seasonally. You know, spring's here. I, I better start getting in shape because summer's coming, right? Got to look good when I go to the beach or something like that or to the pool. But then pretty soon fall's coming and football season's here and it's getting cold and, well, I don't want to go outside anymore. And, well, it's a little bit cold to get up early and go to the gym, so forget that. And by Christmas, you're in a sugar coma every weekend, right? This goes on and on and on. And the next thing you know, 20 years has gone by, nothing's changed. You know, this can also happen to us in a spiritual sense, can it? Start praying and really focusing on God, and, and then it's not too long that we start to get distracted by the things of life, and we get out of focus. This seems to highlight, for me at least, the people of Israel pretty well. Generation by generation, things would change because of wealth and success or allowing other things in their lives that were not of God. All the way to the point of being taken into captivity so that God could get their attention. So today, this is what we're going to take a look at. We're going to take a look at a time when the people of Israel were taken into captivity in Babylon for many years before they were sent back to rebuild Solomon's temple, which was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar. So we're going to start in the book of Ezra this morning. Chapter 1, and I'm just going to go through the first little part here. It says, and mind you, if you don't have technology or something, we have it for you on the screen. You can also follow along, I believe, in you version. But in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his, his realm and also to put it into writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all kingdoms of the earth, and he appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people 
among you may go to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And now if we just pause for one second, keep that right there. We see he's not a God-serving person. He's talking about them and, and their God. But yet God used him to get this work accomplished. How many know God can use anybody? And in the locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will offering for the temple of God in Jerusalem. So those who returned went back with the needed resources to live and to get reestablished. And once they were back in the land of Jerusalem, they began to get to work on the temple. And if you continue to read through chapter three of the book of Ezra, you'll see that the foundation was laid of the temple and they had a big celebration. But shortly thereafter, the Israelites faced opposition from their enemies and the building of the temple came to a halt. They grew discouraged and began focusing on their own homes and taking care of themselves. And this went on for 10 years. Now, just let me summarize for a second. The Israelites were sent back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, and now the time frame is approximately 15 years, and all they got done was lay the foundation. But now let's pick up the rest of the story by going over to the book of Haggai. And I hope you'll forgive me this morning because I'm going to do a fair amount of reading, but I think it's necessary really for the understanding of the context of what is going on. So Haggai, you know, it's over there a little bit later in the Old Testament, only two chapters, but it packs a powerful punch. So beginning in the first chapter, it says this. Now, in the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, and I'm going to skip some of the other names in here, who is the governor of Judah, and Joshua, who's the, also the high priest. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has yet not come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai again, saying, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your own paneled houses while this house or my house lies in ruin? Now, it's clear to me that the prophet here is speaking to the, the people of that day. He's not necessarily speaking to us right now. However, we can definitely learn from what the prophet is saying here, because how many know that the house of the Lord is just as important today as it was back then? Amen? So I think it is wise for us to listen closely to what the prophet has to say. So I'm going to continue on and in verse number five, and it says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. And it's said again, and when it says it again like this, we ought to pay 
special attention. He says, give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountain, bring down the timber, and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty? Because of my house, which remains in ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and on the mountain, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on, on the people and livestock and on all the labors of your hands. Through this course, through the course of this passage, the Lord says twice again, give careful thought to your ways. In other words, pay special attention to what you're giving your life to. Are the matters of this life bringing you such joy that you can't imagine living any other way? Or have you found them to be temporarily enjoyable? The material thing that you just had to have is great for a while, but, but now has it become just okay? Or the material thing that we had to have sometimes is just found on the shelf collecting dust? Anybody found that to be true in your life? Have you lost your zeal because of the things being chased haven't turned out the way you thought? Just like the people of Israel. They thought it was important to get busy on their houses because of all these other things that started to happen that started to become disappointing and have distraction for them. So they lost their focus. How many of us can say that that has happened in my life? You know, I got busy doing other things and I've lost my focus on the things that are important in life. The Lord wants to be number one in our lives. The things that he's calling us to do or to take care of his church, his people, or whatever he uh, leads, us, leads us to must, has to be the priority in our lives, right? Or, again, I got to ask, in those situations, have we lost our focus, allowed the enemies in our lives to bring us discouragement? I got my hand up. I've had times in my life where I'm discouraged and I let those things deter me from what I should be focused on. But I got some good news. Let's keep reading, all right? Verse 12, then Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest and the whole remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the, the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. And I love when it gets to this right here. And Haggai, the, mess, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of people. And they came and began to work on the house of the Lord their God. 
How many have confidence that when the Lord says, I am with you, you can walk forward? Amen? The people were cut to the heart when they heard the word of the Lord. And the purpose of why they were there, which they had lost, again, when their enemies came against them years before, was restored. And the Lord said to them, I am with you. I got a question for you. Do you believe the Lord is with us today? Even in the midst of your mess? It may not feel or look like it. Because sometimes we get impatient. Or we get bored. We take matters into our own hands. If we're not careful, we'll be just like the people of Israel. Begin to work on our own houses and things causing the house of the Lord to remain in ruins. So I want to say this. Hear the word of the Lord today to Terry and to all of us sitting in this room today. Are you too busy worrying about your own house, the stuff in your life, that you lost sight of how important this house is. Not just the building, although that's very important, but the people inside that we need to be united with. Have the things of the world and this culture become more important? It's time we come together. Knowing that the Lord is with us and once again began to put this temple first. Anybody with me? Good. Let's go over to chapter two. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and ask them, who is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you. Here we are, we're hearing it again. The Lord saying, I am with you. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit, the pneuma, the breath that Pastor Pat talked about last week, remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations. And what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Last Sunday, Pastor Pat encouraged us to surrender everything. Surrender everything of our own way to the Lord so that he may breathe his breath of life into our lives and lead us in the way that we should go. We should live contrary to the life of flesh and allow the breath of God to be breathed 
into our lives. A year and a half ago, I received a couple of text messages, or shall I say novels, from a close friend of mine that included this scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, 18 and 19. And this verse says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and in the wasteland. And that text message was followed up with three confirmations, all that came in different ways, but included that exact same scripture. That was the week between Christmas and New Year's 2014. I guess it's a little longer than a year and a half ago now, isn't it? No, I guess it's about right. If anyway, it's close. No, that's two and a half years. I'm not good at math. I'm sorry. But that's not the point. This is the point. After those text messages came and that confirmation came, Pastor Annalee Dunn stood in this pulpit on January 4th, 2015 and declared, winter is over. It's a new day and spring has begun. And living in Michigan, we know what this means. It's still going to be cold for a while. It's going to be a while before the weather comes, warm weather comes, and blossoms bloom, and green grass arrives, right? Nevertheless, work must still be done during the thaw. Work is important, and we must work to make sure that we're ready, right? I believe this house has been erected and the seeds of history have been planted in us for such a time as this. Because just as that second temple was built, it was just a building until the Lord breathed his breath of life upon it and made it a house that was greater than the former. And we know this to be true because he declared it through Haggai and through his counterpart, Zechariah, by saying in chapter 4, 6, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but what? By my spirit, says the Lord. And based on what I'm seeing God do through our pastor and throughout the people of this church, and upon his people, God is beginning to breathe his breath of life on us again. Is anybody excited about that? Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'm ready to be an Acts 2 church. One that, had, that was breathed on by the breath of God, which spawned them into say this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. We've got to be unified. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad. Did you hear me? With glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Now, I don't know that the Lord is asking us in this day to sell all of our property and possessions. But I will say, are the things that we're spending our time on or the things that we're doing become unsatisfactory? We're not finding peace and contentment. And maybe it's time to refocus. Are we ready to heed the word of the Lord and refocus our focus? Placing Christ and his house is our top priority. And if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to join me in the front of this room. And let's seek the face of God together and ask him to breathe his breath of life on us again. See, I didn't even have to do that. We're going to sing a song as you're coming that talks about the breath of God. And if you desire to see this house become an Acts 2 house where we're together, we're unified, and we're asking the Lord to breathe his breath of life on us again, let's respond. Let's sing. Let's worship. Let's give God the praise that he deserves. Amen. Now make sure you know who is to your left and to your right. If you got to take a look at their face right now. Get that face in your mind. Hold on. And here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Okay. From this Sunday till next Sunday. I want to encourage you in the morning to just remember in prayer the persons that you are standing next to. And just pray, Lord, God, strengthen them today. Help them to keep you as their focus today. Whatever they might be doing, wherever they might be going, they're going on Tuesday to be with family or whatever. God, be with them, strengthen them, and keep them. Because this is what builds unity right here. This is how the people in Haggai's day came together. And they sought the face of God together and he breathed his breath of life into them. And when Pastor Dunn declared in 2015 that winter is over, I believed her. And spring has sprung. The flowers are blooming. The grass is turning green. And God is doing a new thing. And all I can say is, Lord, open my heart to be receptive to whatever it is that you have for us. Us as a people. I'm going to be the first one to stand up here and tell you, I can't believe I'm standing here right now. <laughs> Being the one to say this, but I'm just saying it isn't about me. This is about us and about him. Amen. So the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your heart, keep your mind through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody who receives that today said amen. 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 God bless you today. I pray you have a great week.